Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. Entree Architect Podcast is now a member of Gable Media, the multimedia network that empowers global leaders in the architecture, engineering, and construction industries. Gable creates and distributes audio and video content that informs and entertains an audience dedicated to building a better world. Visit Gable Media to listen and subscribe to all your favorite architecture podcasts at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. Hello, my name is Mark R. LePage, and you are listening to Entree Architect Podcast, where each and every week I speak with inspiring, passionate people who share their knowledge and expertise, all to help you build a better business as a small firm entrepreneur architect. This is episode 333, Building an Architecture Camp for Fun and Profit, with Kenya and Matt Forget of Five Archicamp. This episode of Entree Architect Podcast is supported by our platform sponsors, RCAP, the online resource delivering quality building material information, CAD details, BIM specifications, and so much more for free at RCAT.com. And Gusto, easy online payroll benefits and HR built for modern small businesses like ours. Kenya and Matt Forget, welcome to Entree Architect Podcast. Thank you for having us. We're happy to be here. Thank you. We're very excited. It's great to have you here. Uh, Kenya and Matt Forget is a wife and husband team who co-created Five Architecture, established in 2018, and Five Archicamp, launched just this May in 2020, uh, and both originated from the five, the number five. It's a representation of their family of five, 
They are the parents of three young children. And in addition to that, the five is a reminder for their focus on, the, on a healthy work-life balance. Um, a young firm of 25 years combined experience working uh, in the South Florida region, they have a strong grasp on the local environment and the culture and the needs of their community. And so they launched this summer ArchiCamp, Five ArchiCamp it's called. It's a newly formed branch of the firm providing virtual architecture camps to children. And by way of video instruction, they introduce children to physical model making and technical drawing and all the things that we do as architects uh, at a very basic kids level. And it's really cool. And I wanted to uh, have you both here um, to talk about that a little bit. I want to learn more about the inspiration for ArchiCamp, Five ArchiCamp, um, how you're doing it, what you're doing, and, uh, and how it's ha had an impact on your firm and your family. I'd love to talk about that a little bit, especially within the, the, uh, the, the time of COVID that we're all in. Uh, this is a very interesting response to that situation. Uh, before we get into that conversation, I want to know your origin stories. I want to start with Kenya. Um, go back as far as you'd like to. Uh, talk about where you discovered architecture, what inspired you to become an architect, and share that story to where you are today. You know, Mark, as far as I can remember, as long as I can remember, um, I was always a creative child. I always enjoyed, um, whenever I could find an art class of coloring and drawing, that was my thing. Um, and I, I enjoyed those, and I was always looking for those. Um, one of my earliest memories um, about architecture was waking up Saturday mornings, and I would wait for the newspaper to arrive, and I would get the home section of the paper and I would look at the plans, all the floor plans. That was my only, you know, my only um, way of getting floor plans. And I would walk through them. I think I even played with them in um, a sort of like dollhouse kind of format where I would walk through the room and imagine them. And I would um, draw the plans, trace them, and then I would do my own designs. So I think this is like elementary school. So for a very long time, I've, I've enjoyed, you know, architecture in that sense. Um, from then, after that, I think I'm um, in middle school. I always looked for those classes that were related to architecture. And at the time, it was mostly drafting classes. So I was taking a lot of drafting classes in middle school into high school. And I know that in uh, my senior year of high school, there was the opportunity to do an, an internship. And I said, let me try it out. You know, let's see what architecture is about. And I asked to intern at an architecture firm. And it was amazing. I mean, that's kind of, I think, when I really fell in love with it, just being in that office space and seeing what they were doing. I was doing blueprints. Um, I was helping out with sets um, and presentations. But just being in there, I think that's when my love really, um, you know, settled in. And I, I knew what I wanted to do. And, and I knew that I wanted to go on and study architecture in college. Um, and that, I feel like that's really how it started for me, you know. And so, so uh, where did you go to school and how did you get to where, where you are now with, with Five Architecture? Yeah, so um, I went to FIU in Miami and um, I studied architecture there, went on to FAU to finish my degree. And um, I met Matt. Um, you met Matt at, 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 at school? At school, right. We met um, our freshman year in college, and we were friends throughout college. Um, and it wasn't until we were husband and wife many years later 
and we had started our family that we wanted, we, we always knew we wanted to open up our own firm. That was the dream. Um, and once we had our family established, we, that's when we, we took that plunge to, to start our own firm. And did you, yeah. did you work in separate firms before that when you left school? We did. So, um, right out of, after, um, college, we both worked at separate firms. We worked there for some time. Um, and then I left when we started having kids and I was home with the kids, um, until we started the firm. And that was my reintroduction to architecture, um, working part-time yeah. for a five architects. Yeah. Great. All right. So Matt, what about you? Where's, where does it all start for you? So I think one of the, the coolest things about, about us, about our journey, uh, we were one month apart in age. And when we met and started talking about our, our childhood, our, our upbringing, our past, we seem to have a similar story. Um, and it's really kind of interesting. It's really fun. And I'll roll back to when I was a, a small child. Um, my father was a contractor building homes. Um, so growing up, I was always on the job site always walking through unfinished stud walls, kind of hanging out, playing, um, really immersing in the process or in the, the unfinished product of architecture. And um, was always in that environment, always exposed to it, always really felt the connection to, to building, to creating. So, you know, that's young age, Matt, um, on job sites, move forward, middle school, we're um, in, you know, drafting classes, being exposed to the same things. Um, I have the same story, Saturday mornings, newspapers out, flipped open, and I'm tracing and drawing and imagining these floor plans and looking at the layouts to um, see, you know, how I can change them, what I like, what, what courtyard house is cool, what, you know, all these like different things that were happening, you know, in the early 90s. And um, we, we were probably doing the same thing on the same time on every Saturday morning. So it's really kind of poetic in a sense yeah. um, that we both have um, origin story, as you call it. So middle school happens, high school happens. Um, my uh, interests, obviously, were still in architecture. I gained a uh, passion for theater and began to do design work for the theater department in high school. So I designed sets. Uh, created those from, you know, um, the studying a script to designing the set to actually building the set. Um, so still doing the design build creation process. And when it came time for college, there was no question in my mind what I was doing. I was doing architecture and found myself um, in Miami at Florida International University. Uh, first day, we were both in design one class together. Um, not sure what we're about to get into, uh, what's coming at us. And that that's when that, you know, that college journey began that we all were exposed to. And, um, you know, from there, obviously, we, we had the, the traditional college experience of studio, of the, um, the pragmatic kind of study portions. Um, we followed that all the way through, um, like Kenya mentioned, into our um, post um, undergrad work at Florida Atlantic University, received a five-year degree there, and immediately started working. Um, I started at a firm um, here in Boca right out of school and was there all the way through for 15 or 16 years um, when we decided it was time for us to, um, with your inspiration and guidance and, and forms and knowledge, 
we we did it. We we took the leap, and you know, haven't turned back since. It's been an amazing journey. We've really been blessed to uh, have a lot of opportunities as a result of that decision. Um, so you know, that is now 2008, and we're how we have a a firm, a new young firm that we created that we've loved, that gave us that work-life balance that we were looking for, and um, you know. You know, two two years in almost now, we kind of found ourselves in a position where we saw an opportunity, and thus bringing us here today to share with you uh, Five Rocky Camp. Yeah, that's a great story. So, so you knew each other in undergrad as well. So you went to school in in both places together. Correct. Yeah. So were you a couple right yeah. from the beginning? Did you were you a couple all the way through Architecture Studio, or is that sort of a bumpy ride? No, no, um, we, we we were friends the first uh, three years. Not until our senior year at FIU, or last year there, um, did we become a couple. Um, and then we dated um, the post grad, the post grad years. Yeah. So did you did you back then? Did you always talk about having your own firm? Was it always part of the plan as soon as you knew that you were going to be together? I think so. I feel like we've had this dream for a long time. Um, once we knew we were going to be together, like you said, we knew we wanted to be, yeah. you know, both the same firm. So, yeah. But I think even before that, individually, we both had that dream, you know, somehow, some way we were going to make that happen. Yeah. So both entrepreneur architects. Oh, oh, in, in the full sense, definitely. Um, I think one of the things that that was that's unique about us that we really saw as an asset to to doing to doing that and, and, and taking that leap and going down that path um, is our complementary um, traits. Um, we've are without even talking about it, we know who's taking one thing, who's taking the other, who's stronger in one area, and and and, and vice versa. So it's a, a, an amazing kind of union and you know many facets that have blessed me we've been really um, fortunate to have that you know kind of in the in our back pocket so to speak um guiding all of the things that we do yeah what so so which what are your roles because i, I get that question a lot because of Anne marie and myself mm -hmm. um you know what are the roles that you each play and are they formal are they like this is my zone and this is your zone or are they sort of a little messy you want to take that one? Um, I think they're a little messy. Um, you know, so, but we just like, like Matt said, we know, you know, I, I tend to go towards the creative side and uh, Matt is great with um, <laughs> and numbers and, um, and technical, you know, um, and, you know, like I said, I'm working part time. So he does take the lead role in almost everything um, because he's there day to day. Uh, so, so, you know, it's kind of messy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think our, with our evolution into the five archi camp, we've, um, you know, we've switched and I've taken more of a, a, a supporting role in this endeavor um, because of, of what it is, how we're presenting the product, uh, the experience and, and how, how we make a connection with our, our clients, our customers in this sense, I guess. Uh, is, you know, how do, who, who do we make a connection with? What's our avatar for the kind of perfect client? And we've realized that we need to switch. Yeah, so so be, I want to get into five Archicamp, but before that, I want to have a little bit of context in terms of your firm. So you you uh, practice in Florida, 
what type of um, projects are you doing? So our our my background was in, is in corporate office. We both had a very strong background in corporate office, um, office interiors, and um, that ha- you know was kind of the the meat of my experience and uh, both of our experience right. throughout our professional life um, elsewhere. As we've formed our business and, and built relationships and uh, fostered new relationships, continued on old ones, our workload has kind of shifted a bit into more of a, a um, kind of a church, educational, restaurant. Um, those are kind of like the main so the 80% more of institutional work. Institutional, Correct. yes, definitely. Um, a lot of repeat clients. And with that, we've focused our energies and efforts on, on those relationships, those long-term relationships that we've had, making sure that they are sustained, that they're uh, satisfied, and will continue to provide us with that, um, you know, that, um, those projects that are, are new. Um, obviously, at the same time, we're always working to build new client relationships, uh, more than just the one-off opportunities. Uh, so we've looked for those opportunities within that new envelope of project types and are seeing that it's doing well obviously with the the pandemic and things we have seen a dip in some of the funding and support for those types of projects Um, but at the end of the day i think the relationships are there so as this comes and goes um, the relationship is still present and when everyone feels more comfortable to um, continue to invest um, we kind of picked back up where we left off. So I think uh, that's kind of our, our, our overall structure, as, as if you will, related to work uh, types. Yeah. Do you have a staff? Do you have employees? We don't. Um, before things kind of went down, we did have some contract employees that were working for us on a per project basis. Um, right now, we've balanced our workload to the point where we're able to sustain and take care of all the titles. Um, ourselves right now and, and have that support should we need it and, and hopefully when you know very soon things will change and we can build back that support system um, for that it's worked out great it um, I think was probably modeled after your um, kind of ideas as well so I'm glad I could help this episode is supported by our platform sponsors RCAT and Gusto You know, it might be a while before we start attending trade shows again. So what's your plan? What's your plan to stay up to date with new building products and building materials, information, all of that stuff that you find when you go to your expo? RCAT works with leading manufacturers to showcase their products and host their technical data. You can see what's new from your favorite manufacturers or find a product that you didn't even know you needed, just like you do when you walk the floor at your favorite expo. Looking for a way to keep up with your continuing education requirements? Did you know that RCAT works with manufacturers to list their latest continuing education courses so that you can get those credits while you stay at home? And best of all, like everything RCAT does, it's free. No payment, no subscriptions, no registration. You don't even need to give them your email. It's all there waiting for you for free. Use RCAT to keep up with the latest and greatest architectural products and let them know that we sent you so they know that you're a member of the Entree Architect community. Visit RCAT today at RCAT.com. That's A-R-C-A-T dot com. RCAT.com. I know what it's like to be an entrepreneur architect. 
because I'm a small firm architect too. I know what it's like to wear all those hats. And some of those hats are great, but some, like filing taxes and running payroll, not so great. That's where our friends at Gusto come in. Gusto makes payroll, taxes, and HR actually easy for small businesses like ours. Fast, simple payroll processing, benefits, and simple management tools all in one place. Gusto automatically pays and files your taxes so you don't have to worry about it. And when you're ready to add on health benefits or a 401k for your team, they can do that too. Easy, no stress. Those old school clunky payroll providers just weren't built for the way modern small businesses work, but Gusto is. So let them wear one of your many hats. You have better things to do, like being an architect. Members of the Entree Architect community receive three months free when you run your first payroll. Try a demo today and see for yourself at gusto.com slash architect. That's gusto.com slash architect. Arcat and Gusto. Please visit our platform sponsors today. Let them know that Entree Architect sent you and thank them for supporting you, the Entree Architect community. Five Archicamp was launched in May. Um, so clearly right in the middle of the pandemic. So my guess is that it was a response to the pandemic. I have three teenagers that had very, very, very busy schedules planned for the summer, probably the busiest summer that we ever had. My middle one is a rower and he was going to rowing camp and he was going to do all kinds of things. My youngest was a swimmer. She was going to swimming camp and everything was canceled. And we were basically without any plans. We went back to zero. Uh, we were locked in the house and had nowhere to go. And uh, luckily things came up and we found new places and new things to do. And, and, uh, and I could imagine, and I want to hear the story of how this happened, but I can imagine that it was a similar story that, that the world collapsed around you and, <laughs> and you needed to find a solution for your, your kids' summers. And tell the story. Tell me, tell me how uh, Five Archicamps was born. That is basically what happened to us. Um, we have three little ones, ages uh, seven, six, and three. And we also had a summer plan for them. Um, which did not work out. Um, I think it was in May we started receiving emails that the camps they were going to go to were not going to be able to open. And at, by that point, um, we had, I'm sorry, by that point, we had already been, you know, doing distance learning. And I knew basically every Sunday I was looking for activities for the kids for that upcoming week. Um, also, school here in Florida ended um, end of May. So this is, you know, mid-May, and I'm thinking, okay, so summer's coming. What are we going to do with these, you know, three children over the summer? So it was a Sunday night. I'm preparing myself for the week, or we're preparing ourselves, and I'm looking for something for them to do, you know, for that week, for the summer. And I'm looking up, you know, dinosaur camps and and science camps, all sorts of things. And but I know that our kids need more than just an activity, a box, you know, that's something that they can make. They need it like that video experience too, you know, and something to do. It had to be hands-on. It had to be, you know, a project. And we really couldn't find anything that was what we were looking for. So um, I think at that point, I'm searching the internet, I'm on Instagram, on everything. And I said to Matt, I'm like, 
why don't we just make something for them? You know, why don't we just create something? And so we just looked at each other and said, you know, it could be architecture based because that's what we know and that's what we love. And um, it kind of started there and we said, you know, we could possibly let others share in this. We could make a video to go along with, you know, the um, physical model and we could share this with other families. And we just kind of connected at that moment and said, you know, yes, we should do this. You know, this could be something that could help other families this summer, something that they could enjoy and just an experience for, for so many kids, you know, and that was kind of that moment where it started. And I want to say that that same night we sat down and started designing the first model and getting to work. I mean, just anything that we, we could start. We, yeah. So you were inspired. So, so the, tell us how it works. Is it, is it a live training? Is it pre-recorded? How does the, how does the camp work? So the, the way that we have it set up, we have uh, right now we have two different models. We have two different designs. Um, you pick a design and we ship a box to your resident or wherever. Well, that's, ex that's exciting that right from the beginning that they're getting something in the mail, a package. Oh in the mail. Yeah, sure. <laughs> very true. Yeah. And, and um, so we, you, you get a box and in that box we have structured out uh, packages. The packages are all of the items that you need for that day all ready to go. Uh, so the idea was that we needed to make this as easy as possible for the kids to do and do on their own to the fully extent possible. We wanted to remove mom and dad from the picture as much as we could. Um, obviously, there are some things that they would need to help with, um, but we're really looking at it as the concept of little to no parent involvement. So they open their box. It's day one. Um, they open up their day one package. Um, within there are the login instructions for access to our instructional videos. So they can do it at eight in the morning, eight at night on their own time. And we've created the content to walk them through the process. So we build the model with them on the videos. Um, and we've uh, broken it down into five days with the idea that they have about an hour of activity time within that day. Uh, just when they start to maybe get fidgety, get floppy, get tired, we're done. Um, the model dries. They come back the next day when they're fresh and they start again. You pick up where they left off. And we've really structured this in a way to give them the um, that kind of satisfaction as they build so that they can see at the end of one session the fruits of their labor and and constantly be giving them some positive feedback in the sense of that they've accomplished something. Uh, so we've we've set that up and from you know day one you start on day five you're done and you have a completed architectural model. The the parts are laser cut. We use basswood. We use all kinds of like great things that we got to use in school. Um, the only thing we take out is the exacto knife. Yeah. Everything's ready to go. I was going to mention no, <laughs> no, no exacto knives. Yeah. What a great idea. It is such a good idea to, to, um, from the package that, that they're getting a package in the mail. I know for my kids, even for me, I love getting packages in the mail. It's exciting. Right. And then you open it up and inside there's more packages and you open it up and you, it's like a gift every time you, you start. And, uh, I love that it is, um, it's, it's basically self-directed, Right, so the, the kids can handle it themselves. The age I'm assuming is like 10 and under, is that sort of the? 
What's what's the age ex expectation? We we say seven plus because um, we've had kids that are in middle school and high school that have been interested in it. I mean, it really is yeah, a, a, a model. So I mean, yeah. the same thing we built college or you know a studio. So um, it really is seven plus. Anything under seven is just a little too young because we have we have a six year old, so we tested it on him, and yeah. you know, not quite there, not quite ready. <laughs> Yeah. So seven plus. Yeah. And I could definitely see how it would be because you're basically teaching them how to build a, a model, right? So you're teaching them the, the concepts of architecture through this model building, right? And and so the, the concepts of architecture are being taught through the video. Is that how it works? Yeah. So we actually begin each day with um, looking at the 3D model and we just go over all, you know, the parts. I mean, some kids don't know exactly what a door looks like in plan. So we kind of, you know, talk them through the architecture part of it and um, the building components and all of that. And then while we're building the model, we talk about model building techniques and more, you know, architecture. Um, so it's a little bit of both. And it's definitely, I think, uh, information that we never received at that age. Um, I think the first exposure that probably all of us had to model building, architectural model building was in college. Right. It's. I mean, at the end of the day, it's wood or cardboard and glue. So it's something that that kids can do, but they're have never been exposed to it. No one's presented it to them. And the by virtue of I think the material selection and the design, they're provided with something that's kind of unique and interesting and and kind of one of a kind. The um it. I would imagine that you're probably inspiring some future architects. That's probably the best part of this. Um, we receive emails and text messages and um, from different states. And it's so nice to hear um, how the kids are taking to this, how much they enjoy the experience. We have received emails from kids that already loved architecture and now want to be architects or already wanted to be architects. And they say, thank you for creating this. You know, um, my child never had that opportunity before. Um, kids that were not interested in architecture and now are and now want to be architects and um, and then for some it's really just this is a great project you know they get to work with their hands and it's just great that they have such an amazing finished product at the end. How are you getting the word out for it? How are you marketing it? I saw that you got some media attention that's that was pretty cool. How do how are you how, for actually, how do you get that type of media attention? You were on TV being interviewed about it. How, how are you getting the word out about it? We've really, um, Mark, we've really pushed hard on our on our social media and our friends and family network right now, um, hoping that each person that we introduce this to introduces someone else to it and and so on. Obviously, we're in the infancy stage of the of the business of the idea. And we're working really hard to to make those ripples kind of go further and further away from us. Um, luckily, we have uh, a family member that is in the, the media and PR um, kind of a business sector. So thankfully, they have um, been able to put us in the right in touch with the right people and have afforded us with that great um, blessing of sharing this with so many people. And you know our social media is a great way for us to connect. We have regular conversations with our, our I call them our customers, but our the parents of the kids that are building uh, these models, 
and it's just amazing to see that. And, um, you know, we're starting to see, how did you hear about us? Oh, so-and-so told me, or the newspaper article told me. So we're really, we're still, we're trying to get that, that wave to really go farther. And, um, you know, right now we're working on the, the next wave of how does this get exposed to more people? Um, we've been talking about and trying to strategize with schools um, to see if there's an opportunity where we can actually come to the school and do an on-site field trip where we expose a whole grade or 100 kids or 200 kids to this experience and really open everyone's eyes to the opportunity of, of what we have here and, and the, um, the benefit of it, you know, being that maybe people aren't traveling, there aren't these field, normal field trips. Uh, we said, well, let's do an on-site field trip. So um, that's our next push is, is to grow this, is to grow it in that fashion where we can um, do it in person then. Um, so we take the video out, put ourselves in place, but now we're sharing it with a bunch of, of kids in the school setting. Yeah. Yeah. What a great idea. Is there, is there any sort of community where the kids can sort of connect with one another? We have some ideas um, where we want Five Arts Camp to go, um, where we can let the kids gather and um, come together, but that's still in very um, early yeah. stages. So. Yeah. It's such a, it's such a, I love the reason I love the idea so much is because there's so much you can do with it, right? These, these just a few sure. models is like just the beginning of what it can become. Um, is, is it your plans to, it sounds like you have plans to grow it bigger. Um, is it intended to be a, its own separate company and what's, what does it look like in the next three years? In an ideal world, I think that that definitely would be what our goal is. Um, we, more so than growing bigger, I think one of the like amazing like things that's come from this is the impact that we've had on on these kids. So yeah, would it be great for this to grow very large and big and be exposed and be a lot of people exposed to it? Yes, of course. But I think like the part that like I get chills about is like seeing these kids get an architecture book after finishing their model because they're so excited about it. Um, like, like I get chills thinking about it because it's amazing. And it's, it's just a, a really great thing to share with them that they may not have known existed. So at that young age, I think they're like, like a, a you know, a, a formidable um, kind of person. And, and if we can give them all of these different things to be exposed to, maybe they will be. Um, I think it's just amazing. So that is, but eventually we would like to get this bigger separate and um and really be you know maybe live live yeah yeah the the impact that you have on these kids and and their families is really i could imagine that's the the exciting part i mean that's what's exciting with entree architect with me is the impact that i have and and when you you know when Mm -hmm. you tell me stories that you know that that i had an influence in in the things that you were doing that makes me so happy right it's my fuel to keep going um, so I can imagine that when those kids email you and say, hey, look at what I've done. I thank you so much. Or their parents, you know, send you an email and say, thank you for saving me this summer. Right. And those things are really, yeah. really meaningful. Definitely. That's the that's the, the reward of it all. So do you have any suggestions for our listeners? We have we have thousands of architects here listening. First of all, you should all go to fivearchitecture.com and go look at what they're doing. Um, and, and share it with all your friends so you can say, hey, we know some architects who are, um, you know, have this great camp that you should share with your kids because um, our community should be out there helping you grow this because this is a very positive 
thing that is happening for you and for the profession. And your inspiration hopefully will inspire others to do things like that too, where if we can all sort of just do our part of trying to promote the profession in a positive way and inspiring, mm-hmm. whether they're inspiring adults or inspiring children to pursue what we do, um, it's a very good thing for the profession. And so I hope others are inspired by what you're doing. Um, do you have any suggestions or advice for anybody who has an idea, right? They have an idea and say, well, maybe I should go try something. Um, what would you say to somebody who came to you and say, I have this great idea. How do I start it? I think the, the most important thing is to just go for it. Um, I think, uh, you know, you, you're going to feel it inside of you. And I think when we had that conversation that one night and we talked about this idea, um, obviously, you know, we, we shared this, this, you know, can you share this idea with me? And we talked about it and immediately you got that feeling like this is right. This is something that we should do um, and go for it and invest in it. And it doesn't take much. And with, you know, social media, with friends, with text messaging, with email, with FaceTime, like there are so many ways to connect that like get it out there, go for it, give it a try. Um, we did that with the business. We did that with Archicamp. I think maybe we're, we're maybe a little fearless now, but at the end of the day, there is an opportunity. And if you can change one person's life or impact someone in a positive way, a day, yeah, turn, turn just the day around. Like, it's worth it. You know, if that's the, the outcome, it's worth it. And you just know, you just feel it. I get chills talking about it. Has it had an impact on the firm? Has it helped sort of keep the firm ex- with some exposure and, and maybe bring in some work or is it more focused or not? Um, I don't think so. I think the firm, you know, although they live together, um, they kind of have been, you know, functioning separately and it's kind of stayed that way, you know. Um, um, yeah, no, I mean, I think they're um, with the, the idea of, you know, with our educational sector, that we are focused on, it is definitely a, a, a well that we're working towards to yeah. introduce the five RK camp too. Um, so in that, in that sense, there's, you know, there is the opportunity, but I, they're, they're, they're sitting separate from each other yeah. and, um, and, and doing their thing. And um, they're allowing, this is allowing us to really, you know, kind of use our creative juices to create and dream and, forget about the code book for a little while and just kind of do something, right? Like we don't have to work out all the details um, for this exercise. And that's really like liberating. It really is. Yeah. And we have so much going on around the world right now. So much stress and so much anxiety to focus on something that's so positive and is such making such a difference. And because it's this new entrepreneurial idea, you have to invest your whole, you know, thought into it in order for it to succeed. Um, it's such a good idea to go find something positive and go focus on that and go do something. Agreed. Definitely. So before we wrap up guys, um, what is one thing a small firm architect could do today to build a better business for tomorrow? I think we just touched on it. And I think that the most important thing, or I think one of the most important things that, that you could do is to follow your follow your heart follow your your kind of like that guiding light that you have 
that's telling you what is right, what you should be doing. You know, that gut instinct inside of you says, I need to be doing this. Well, do it. Go for it. Try it. The worst thing that happens is you're back to where you were before. I, I think that like that is just so important to like just follow that that kind of mantra. And and I think in business and life and everything, I think it is my I personally think that it is definitely a, a great way to guide yourself forward. Kenya, you want to add to that? No, I think the same odds. Trust yourself, you know, and and um, you have to give yourself a little bit of time to experiment and um, enjoy the experience because uh, it's not just about the end result, but really that whole process is, is really interesting. So um, think about the process and kind of focus on that and enjoy it because, um, you know, eventually you'll have something great at the end. So, yeah. Their names are Kenya and Matt Forget. The website is five, the number five, fivearchitecture.com. Go check them out. You can see the architecture, the firm information there, as well as Archicamps is there right up on the top. You could just click the button and you can learn all about it. Fivearchitecture.com. They're on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, they're also using Vimeo on for video. So they're doing some videos for their firm. They're doing some videos for Archicamp. Um, and they have a link right down in the bottom there for Vimeo. So you can go see some of the things they're doing. You can see an introduction to uh, to the Archicamp. So uh, Kenya and Matt, thank you. This is very inspiring for, I'm sure for the listeners, but very inspiring for me. I love hearing stories like this, where somebody has an idea and they just go do it and they just make it happen. Uh, and they make a difference in the world. So thank you for coming on and sharing your story and sharing your, your knowledge about how you did it here at Entree Architect Podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time as well. You've been listening to episode 333. If you'd like to access the show notes for this episode or share this episode with a friend, please share this episode with a friend. This is a good one to share, right? This is a a timely episode. This is something that, that may inspire you or a friend or an architect that you might know who has an idea that might be able to help the world in a, in a way, be able to uh, spread the word about what we do as architects and earn some profit, right? And build out a new revenue source, another revenue stream. So share this episode. This is episode 333. The link is entrearchitect.com slash episode 333. And don't forget to visit my friends at gablemedia.com. We are now a member of Gable Media. Uh, gablemedia.com. We'll give you a link to all your favorite architecture podcasts. Not only will you find me there, but you'll also find our second Entree Architect podcast, Build Your Brand podcast with my friend Jeff Eccles as the host, where he dives into building a brand for an architecture firm. Spaces podcast is there with my friend Demetrius Lynch. Archispeak podcast with Evan Troxell and Cormac Phelan. They're there over at gablemedia.com. And two new shows, Practice Disrupted with Evelyn Lee and Janine Chastain. That's a great podcast about disrupting the practice of architecture in a very, very positive way. How do we uh, expand what we do as architects? How do we stay relevant? How do we stay valuable in the minds of of the world as architects? Practice Disrupted with Evelyn Lee and Janine Chastain. And Troxel, Troxel podcast with Evan Troxel. He has his own solo show, long format conversations with really interesting people talking about technology and the future of technology and how it impacts the profession of architecture. One of my favorite podcasts right now, Troxel Podcast. Go check it out. 
It's all there waiting for you. Listen and subscribe at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. Be well, my friends. Be healthy, be happy, safe, and secure. Thank you for listening this week. I really do appreciate you coming every week and listening to my voice here and listening to my guests here at Entree Architect Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for being here every week. And thank you for sharing this episode with a friend. Love, learn, and share what you know. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like, how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's, it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? (laughs) We did it guys. One that came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is going to be a priority. When the job is done, we're going to actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> and so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like that would be 60% of it, if not more. 
gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.